All right, welcome everybody to the podcast. This one is for world history. Again, the idea behind this is to set us up so that we can be successful within our class. Today, this one should be a pretty quick one, not a ton of information to go over, kind of more of the same old, same old as we keep talking about the age of imperialism. Today, we're going to focus on Southeast Asia and the Pacific Ocean and kind of how that all went in there. So we're going to first start with what is now known today as the Dutch or known back then, excuse me, as the Dutch East Indies. And this is an area of the East Indo Indonesia uh, over in that in that area. I believe this is modern day Indonesia. And basically the Dutch came over. They set up businesses over there to get crops of coffee, indigo, spices, things of that na nature over time. They're going to go do the exact same thing as everybody else does everywhere else throughout the world. They're going to knock the local people out and force them into slave labor to work on plantations and take over the area and make as much money as they can off of that. Same thing is going to happen with the British in an area called Burma and Malaya, which is modern day Malema, or excuse me, Malaysia and Myanmar. And they're going to go through there and they're going to annex Burma and they want to fight and they go against it. But again, there was this underestimation by the people within these Southeast Asia and Pacific areas that the West wasn't as powerful. Time and time again, they took over and they won. They took over in Singapore. They took over in Burma. For the French, they did the same thing in Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, take the whole thing over and kind of really make this absolute push against uh, some of the, these big fights that are going on. Now, there is a country that is in between where the French Indochina was and where British Indochina was. That is, uh, that country is, it's changed its name now. Today it's called Thailand. Back then it was called Siem. And Siem has managed to stay out of getting colonized. And basically the way they stayed out of it was they didn't underestimate the Western power, so they knew they needed to stay on their good side so that they wouldn't have any of these things. Now, yes, they got screwed over and had to sign some treaties that weren't great and that weren't necessarily fair, but they were also able to do things on their own. And with this and with this developing of the spheres of influence in there, they kept their own rule and they set up their own laws. So they abolished slavery. They give women rights. Uh, now, by them giving women rights, that means like they can choose who they get to marry at this time and stuff like that. But they allow students to travel the world and learn the Western ways, and they bring all of that back. And it kind of keeps uh, it, it keeps Thailand in this area where they can really, really push forward. And then in the early 1900s, they guarantee its independence with both Britain and France agreeing. But they really only do it to prevent the CM from falling to anybody else. They set up their own things there uh, and all that. So what was it like to live in a colony of Southeast Asia? It's pretty basic. They introduced modern technology. They expanded commerce and industry. The Europeans directed the mining of tin. They directed the harvesting of, of rubber. They helped with the building of harbors and railroads. But at the end of the day, they only helped themselves and not anybody else. That's going to take us to the Philippines. So the Philippines had been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting against the Spanish to get their own country and really allow this to be on their own. And just as it looks like they are getting close, something weird kind of happens. and The Philippines get stuck in this, uh, in this little predicament. 
Spain got into a war with the United States. And when they got into this war with the United States, the United States had a better Navy and they decided they were going to go over to their fleet over in the Philippines and sink them. So when all this happened, Spain kind of, they declare their independence and they get into it thinking the United States are going to back them. You were a colonial nation too. Be with us. And then the United States signed a treaty that said, listen, you guys aren't free. You are with us. And there's a three-year revolt that is very rarely talked about in American history that Americans are going to literally lose a ton of, not a ton, but a good amount of soldiers. And they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight all these different battles uh, throughout there and just too much. Eventually, the Americans did crush the rebellion. They did say that you guys will have self-rule in some time in the future, but didn't give too many details. So let's move on to the Pacific Islands. In, throughout the Pacific Ocean, there are tons of little islands. And the big thing with that was everybody wanted to grab pieces of it so that they could set up ports in there, not necessarily for trade, but just so that they could have a place to restock and refuel and everything like that. It's why the United States grabs Samoa and Hawaii. And there's just this rivalry that pushes throughout that. The Pacific Islands offered edific economic benefits to everybody in the colonial powers. In Hawaii, it was sugar plant, sugar cane plantations. Elsewhere, it was a place to tap into local resources, nickel, um, guanmo, which is actually bird poop that they use for fertilizer. All right, it also is locked into this important thing because what it's going to do is it's going to to provide a useful. Uh, port for all these ships to come in and, like I said, refuel, things of that nature. This takes us to our last two places, which is Australia and New Zealand. Uh, both actually are very similar. Both were kind of forgotten about and left behind in this whole thing. James Cook is going to be the second person from the Europe to find both of them. and But as he found them, what they did that was kind of a step up compared to other ones was... They found them and they declared this to be for Britain. And when they declared it for Britain, guess what? Britain took it over. They ran it. Now, with Australia, what they did is they took it and turned it into a penal colony. And literally what that means is that as the Industrial Revolution goes on, there were more and more people committing crimes because there were either less work or more work based on where you were. So what they used to do in Britain was they sent you to Georgia. Now, today what they do, or and not today, but it then after Georgia becomes a part of the United States and not a colony anymore, they started to send them just to Australia. So in 1788, the first 700 soldiers are sent all the way over. This is men, women, and children. And 800 of them are going to go all the, or excuse me, 700 of them are going to go on an eight-month journey across the ocean. And for those of them who survived, they were able to set up this new idea for uh, for for a country, basically. And they were basically sent there, dropped off, and said, figure it out, make us money. There are going to be some prosperous opportunities. Good sheep herding was in Australia. That made everything grow. But as things went on, Australia is going to gain its own independence peacefully and push through and kind of make its own thing. It didn't even take them that long. It only took them about 100 years from when they took over because they developed their own economy and did things on their own. They are going to do things a little bit different. They grant women the right to vote right away. And they also introduced uh, the secret ballot, which becomes known as the Australian ballot, in which people don't know who you voted for. So it changes things up in that way. Now, New Zealand is very similar except for smaller. And because it's similar and smaller, 
they at first kind of start to fight with them and try to fight back for their independence. You start with 100,000 people and you end up with 45,000 before everything kind of gets shut down. And when all of that went on, New Zealand realized they needed to back off. But again, 1893, less than 100, probably only 50 years into it, they took over, got their own things, and set up very similar guidelines to the way Australia did it. This is what's going to be unique. One reason that both of these uh, countries with large populations were able to maintain and get their government so fast was because both countries were white. And the British believed that they were more capable of running themselves than the Africans or the Asians. So this is, again, the idea of imperialism being extremely racist throughout the world. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will talk to everybody soon. Bye.